Hey, we're back and I have even more denim than last time. So every great. time I see the like countdown, I just want to be like live from New York. It's Saturday night. And it's right? Like, How many copyright infringements are we gonna hit with that? I sorry. Oh, I keep back. like I always get into the dance mode, but now that we're over on Haps as well, I'm like half dancing, half trying to read comments and like still adjusting myself to the platform. And so when it <laughs> when my, my face pops back on, it's like oh god, oh hi, hi Pablo, Pablo's here. Yay! Hi, Again, if you are listening to this as a podcast after the fact, we record it live on Haps TV, or you can check us out on YouTube um, and join the conversation and troll us while we have conversations and whatnot. So do oh, it. Oh, wow. Because this is, we are totally not okay. The podcast, but that's okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't realize that's what you were doing. We, You know what? I, I really hope, this is my one wish for um, any kind of success for our podcast is that we never actually get it right. The intro? You never will. It's been how long and I still don't get it right? Um, anyway, I, my name is Kaylee Legrand. And I'm Justin Van Lee, so I always feel like a news reporter when I say that. Like, it's so... Well, yeah, we're on a platform that was, at least I think, um, for the most part, originally most of the first uh, migrators over to this platform, I think, are broadcast journalist or independent broadcast journalist because then it's set up so perfect. And then there's <laughs> guys. We tell stories, maybe not necessarily truth, because we have no idea what we're talking about and we're okay. Um, and Kaylee is still figuring out her relationship with labels in general. So like always, we're going to bring our guests in and make them introduce themselves. It's gonna be Yay! Scary. Welcome, Meeks! Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thanks Hi, Megan. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for joining us on the show. Let's start off by telling people who you are, a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay. I am a talent agent. I represent actors for film and TV, and I'm based out of Toronto, Canada. Get it, girl. <laughs> have you been in Toronto the whole pandemic, the whole lockdown? I have been, yeah, locked in my apartment with uh, my two dogs and my cat. Okay, but your dogs are adorable. Are we just doing this? I'm jumping right into the photos you sent me of your pets because Please. I love them. <laughs> They're much cuter than me, so go for it. <laughs> they are. Look at that little smushy face. <laughs> Rosie, yes. <laughs> Rosie, that was my grandparents' dog's name. That was our first schnauzer in the family. It's a you great also. name. And then Stanley, our cat, was my pandemic addition to the family. Wait, so you got an you got a cat during the pandemic? I saw one on like, yeah, March 23rd, like a year ago. So I it's his it's his his name is Stanley, so it's his Stanniversary. <laughs> I love puns. <laughs> that face. For our audio only listeners, we have a cat doing all of Megan's work. He yeah. is also getting his exercise in acrobatics upside down um, and looks entirely happy, just like a sticky, smiley face uh, sticker on her computer. He's a wonderful addition to the family. And yeah, they're all rescues. The dogs are from Mexico, like with they each have their own like sad weird story and then stanley's actually from toronto he was rescued um from a fire his whole family died in a fire and <laughs> i adopted him after that <laughs> oh my god this cat well i fell in love with him on instagram um i highly recommend you guys all follow raylan the dog on instagram raylan is a dog that um for some reason like loves kittens and his mom works at an emergency vet and they basically 
like raise raise kittens until they're ready to be adopted orphan kittens and this dog like acts like their mom <laughs> it's really cute and they normally don't take adults but stanley needed some medical cares because his little paws were burned from the fire so they were posting about him on instagram and i was like i love this cat <laughs> and oh, I gosh. what a story behind the cat too yeah. not to not to get too deep into it but when you say that his whole family died in the fire are you talking about the his uh, like the cat family or was uh, the family taking human dad and his cat brother yeah really sad oh <laughs> my god stanley been getting along with rosie because for those of you who obviously don't know rosie because no one knows rosie except meigs and i um rosie is like the most timid shy dog in the world and the first time i met her i was so excited because i love dogs and she does not love excitement yeah, it takes a long time to win over Rosie. But yeah, she really likes cats. And because I'd seen so many pictures and videos of this funny little cat with this dog, I was like, oh, if I'm going to get a cat, it has to be one that I know will get along with dogs. And then honestly, I just got really lucky because <laughs> they're all orange and white, like in the same palette. Like I've created my own little matching family, even though color-coded pets. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyhow, they keep me company and they've kept me quite sane during uh, the weird time that we're all living through right now. Yeah. Uh, what what has that been like for your shift as far as work goes? I mean, I I I know a little bit, obviously, from from my side as an actor and making the shift into the digital world and already having a lot of experience with uh, self tapes, but a lot more seems to be moving also into say the Zoom world. Uh, has anything else shifted for your work because of it? That's been a huge part of it. You know, the volume of tapes that we're processing through our office every day is like, I don't know, tri tripled, quadrupled. Like everything seems to be either via self-tape or Zoom auditions, which some people really love, some people don't love so much. Um, so that, yeah, that's been a huge part of it. But I think also just, I don't know, having a lot more patience with people, a lot more patience with myself. And, you know, it's really been a humanizing experience, I guess, getting, adjusting to all of these changes. And there was a period of time when there was, like I think in May or June, like nothing was happening. And I think a lot of us were going like, what, how are we going to come out of this? But the industry bounced back really well. And it's, it's been a crazy busy year, all things considered. Yeah, it's strange how, I mean, also kind of a, a beautiful shift that we started seeing, especially in 2020, how much we were able to sort of, and by, by we, I mean, the industry was able to prove that a lot more can be done remotely. I can't remember the commercial. I think it was actually for iPads. It was like an Apple commercial or something that literally showed the whole behind the scenes stages of how they put it together. And it was their own personal journeys of the team that would like ship the equipment from one person to the other. And, uh, the, the cinematographer also including a video that would guide them through how to unpackage it and set it up and record themselves so that each component could be put together similarly to the way like the postal service, um, the band, I'm talking about not the actual postal service, <laughs> the, band, the postal service and how they got their name was exactly that way by recording their part and then shipping it off to another city or another town wherever the other artist was until finally everybody contributed and made this project together so now that we're all able to do more digitally it it is kind of that double-edged sword where so much more digital content that you have to get through as a, an agent sifting through are your days incredibly longer now how do you manage that for yourself yeah, it's, it's, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how we've just managed to adapt because the days really should be a lot longer. <laughs> that being said, I have a great support team who helps me sift through and like manage all of that. But the, it, the tricky thing is, you know, for film and TV, especially, I like to watch the audition tapes whenever I get them. Yeah. So it's like very hard for me to like just gloss over things, you know, sometimes you kind of have to, but for the most part, like, yeah, I don't, you just make it work. And everyone in the industry has really been great at adapting. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very impressive how people. Well, a large part of your job too, like, 
I remember pre-pandemic life. Oh my God, I feel like such a grandpa saying that. <laughs> pre-pandemic life. Um, a lot of your job too, you'd invite me and we'd like go to these bars and like hang out with some of the people you're representing or other people in the industry. And it was like a lot of the connections that you relied on were happening in physical spaces and casual environments like that. Um, so how has that shifted for you now that everything's online and you're not leaving your apartment and you're just playing with cats and dogs? Yeah, it's been it's been really strange. I miss like of all the things that I miss, I think about, yeah, pre-pandemic life. It is that social aspect, that networking aspect. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's been a hard adjustment. But the nice thing is like everyone is in the same boat. It's not like I'm just missing out. Yeah. You know, it's everyone sort of in the same boat. And I think feeling feeling it in similar ways. Um, because it's true, like the Zoom networking, like the Zoom conference, the Zoom screening, it's not, it's just not the same. <laughs> it's really not. Um, so yeah, everyone's had to be patient, but we can all, I think, commiserate at least. And sounds cheesy, but like we are in it together at least. Um, but no, I, I feel fortunate because if like, for example, we recently brought on actually a junior agent into our company and for like during the pandemic. And I really feel for her because normally she would be coming out and she'd be coming to those events and you are meeting people in the industry organically. And like, I hate networking quote unquote, but there is like when it happens naturally and happens at, from like a genuine place, it can be so effective. So I'm fortunate enough to be relatively established that I have a lot of those relationships that I don't. Yeah, but I, I think it would be hard if you were just starting out right now. Um, well, and at any point in the business, like to to you would be missing that, I think, because nothing replaces it. So, yeah. well, well, I guess that actually is exactly what I was going to ask you about uh, how you have had sort of a sense of replacing it. Is there a different way that you are attending networking events or have you been attending even festivals going virtual now what has the, the I mean, we're, here for, we're here it's like it's justin's podcast we're here for real talk like no i don't i don't like it i don't want to do it i feel so protective of my downtime when like all of my um professional day is on the screen even more than it ever was it's like no the last thing i want to do is continue to be in my house on more screens for work, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, no. So I, I haven't really, I've dabbled a little bit, I will say, but um, I haven't yet figured out how to like access that world in a way that feels good for me. That being said, I did get um, a Chromecast. So I'm able now to like, cause a lot of it was like, I was like, I'm not gonna watch a film on my laptop, but now that I've finally talked about like sounding your grandpa now that i finally figured out like oh, okay at least i can get it on my tv i'm like all right maybe i would do a film festival or like see a, a film that way or something but i i don't know i've really like resisted that side of it personally i hear that i um it's funny i was texting with justin a couple hours before we were about to hop on to here and he could tell over my text he's just like are you okay like something's off and i'm like you know what i just it's been a day and i know it's because i i do the opposite i stretch myself thinly and i i'm still learning how to uh i guess protect my my downtime especially now that we live so much more in the screen world but I ended up saying yes to two different, one producer down in LA and one director up in Toronto, a friend of mine up here uh, to do to take part in screen tests for them for their projects. And the project that I watched, like I finally had time in between a bunch of my own work today to watch uh, an anthology about, uh, it was really cool. It was about short films that were made by women, but they were all about mental health and they all had such um, a tone of gravity to them that it amplified the overall weightiness of them. So I was like ready to ball my eyes. I'm like, I need to go for a walk. I need to like detach. I need to clear my head. We're, we're going to have a jovial time on our podcast and I am not going to be sad about the world. <laughs> um, enough of that. But yeah. as far as protecting myself from that energy and like maybe choosing, hi, Frank. Frank's just saying hello into the comments there. Um, as far as protecting my own energy and my own time and like finding that schedule, oof, I can take a page from your books. Uh, but particularly, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you say you like to watch audition tapes. 
do you like to be physically in, not physically, obviously, but in Zoom rooms? Is that something that you actually enjoy for auditions? I actually, we don't have, we're not, we're not invited. We're not allowed <laughs> in the Zoom rooms. I would actually be very curious to be a fly on the wall just to know actually how that's been going. Cause I only right. have feedback from clients and yeah, some really like it. Some do not like it. Um, but no, I would like to, not all the time, but there are certain, I would definitely be curious to have that opportunity. That's a good idea, actually. I'm going to ask, I can bribe someone to, to lend. <laughs> yeah, because I think like moving into this virtual world, that's something that if you haven't seen what it's like or experienced what it's like so that you know what your roster is walking into when they're auditioning for things, um, I, I guess I just kind of assumed that that's something you've been experiencing as well. Cause I did a, uh, do you know, Louis Bomander, a coach in Toronto? Yeah. He, he, at the beginning of, I guess the transition started ho holding these, uh, sort of open form style audition like or classroom like settings so that and inviting people from uh like kind of making it open for whoever wanted to join in and watch kind of from a gallery view um and i think that maybe that's why i had such a strange intro to it i partook in the first classroom like setting or audition type setting for for, for a, a really cool uh, casting director in Toronto, but I didn't, I wasn't aware that he was making it sort of public style. And once he opened the room and I saw the attendance ticking up above a hundred people, I'm like, whoa, 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 what's happening with this? Yeah, audience? that's intense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So have you had that much uh, like feedback from your roster for what their experience has been? Do they like it? It seems to be a really personal thing. Um, a lot of people I find are requesting, like, can I just self-tape instead? They'd rather have the time to tweak it on their own. They don't, the stress of like the technology of it, or like as we're, we're pretending there's no lag here, even right now, you know, between us, like that sort of stuff, people just don't wanna have the added stress of worrying about how that all is going to go and they'd rather just have the opportunity to take other people are like cool it's almost simulating what it might be like in the room yeah. and they're really into it um it really has sort of varied i think but you know what i have to say i feel like i need a ring light like uh, that's what i should invest in it, you know look amazing and i'm just, i feel like i'm dark and shadowy like on the dark web over here <laughs> It is the best investment that I have made. Actually, um, I'm about to also make another investment that might compare to my ring light, but uh, the ring light, like I was wasting so much energy and the expensive lights, the power of my expensive lights for my photography studio and because uh, I do photography as well, but the lights themselves, they're not made for doing audition tapes. And when they get really hot, the fan in them starts to go off. So like halfway through my audition tapes, all you hear is start to so this is the best investment that I've made so far, but I'm going to buy a trampoline too, I think. So that, that trampoline? What? Yeah, I was just chatting. I had a Zoom date with a friend, another actor friend who um, she she was the one that turned me on to the idea. She bought one of those like personal size mini trampolines that you can like take the legs off and tuck away in your closet. But it is she, she like me has um, experienced a couple of head injuries. And she said that it was from the research that she did based on what benefits you can get for not just like the movement of blood and circulation, but for your, the, your brain activity and neuronally speaking. And if you're like, for me, I'm a runner and I run on too much concrete. So I think, I think trampoline is going to be the next investment with my ring light. Right on. Sounds good. <laughs> well, me, you were talking too about physical activity and how that's kind of helped you throughout the pandemic. Tell us more about that. That's a good segue. Thanks guys. Great segue. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I found that for me, historically, the only exercise I've ever really loved and have enjoyed doing consistently has been spin class. And so when the pandemic hit, that was obviously taken away doing group classes and I know there was a brief period where things were allowed to open up again and people were going into group classes, but that just was not for me. So I put myself on the list to get a Peloton bike and it took, you know, 
I think it took three months to arrive, but it was the best investment I have ever made in my physical and mental health. Um, it's, yeah, it's been keeping me sane and I'm actually just like, it's a lifeline, I think, to sanity. <laughs> Um, I know. I want to know about Peloton. What exactly is like? Because it's not just a bike that you get, right? You're part of a cult now, right? Well, <laughs> I don't want to say that. I will say I wish there are some things where it's like if you refer somebody, you get like money back or you get a code. Like I feel like I deserve to have that. They don't even really have that, <laughs> but I have been telling everyone about it because yeah, you it's an app. You can either have the bike or just have the app, and a lot of people have their own bike and we'll do the classes just on an iPad or their computer or whatever. But for me, I got the full bike experience and it's basically cycling classes, strength classes, yoga, meditation. They have so many different things that you can do and it's uh, a monthly membership on top of the cost of the bike. And okay. it's, it's like it's a gym thing. thing. It's like a gym what, what? what? It's like a gym subscription. It's like a gym subscription, but just, and you don't have to leave your house. Like for me, the best thing ever is to just roll out of bed and hop on the bike. Yeah. Uh, do you do meetings on it? I can just picture you like in a Zoom call on, <laughs> on a meeting, just like on your bike. Uh, it's funny. There was, there's a, a movie that's shooting in Vancouver where this, like there is an agent character who literally does that. And it's such a stereotype and I find it so triggering, but it's also, I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel seen. <laughs> Uh, are you connecting with other people too then like is it you said that you can use your your ipad with it can you actually like so my sister has one too and i'm trying to figure out you know would you be able to jump in the same class as her like do you see people yeah. from around the world you don't physically see them but they have like a leaderboard so you know that you're all there together you can give like a virtual high five it's kind of oh, lame no. but um i have a couple friends like the three of us were now in a group chat or one girl i didn't even really know where there's like a three of us in a group chat and we motivate each other and we're like okay we're gonna do this class at 8 a.m tomorrow or see you on the bike at 8 30 and we just sort of hold each other accountable because i'll always cancel on myself if i'm like "Ooh, i'll set the alarm and i'll i'll get on the bike at 8 30 and then of course the alarm comes and i hit snooze but if i've said to these friends okay i'm gonna we're going to do it. I won't cancel on them. <laughs> so that's been really nice to have that. And like, yeah, it feels like a sense of community, even though you're still just in your own apartments. <laughs> yeah. And especially in these times, it's kind of nice to have, at least I've been finding, um, there are so many apps that are like, even, even apps developing right now so that people can connect. And it, it really is giving me those hits of serotonin or uh, the endorphins that surge when I actually get to like see somebody or hear their voice. And I never used to talk on the phone. I, I mean like once in a while, kind of like connecting yeah. with my parents, but I remember that at the beginning of the lockdown, I had a friend who just started randomly FaceTiming me and I FaceTime with Justin too. So I have like a handful of friends now that I actually will FaceTime regularly with, but the first time that she called me on FaceTime, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, excuse me, that's the invasion of privacy. Like, you don't get to see- no, I still anymore. feel that way. I have one friend, he'll never listen to this, I'm sure, but he aggressively FaceTimes me every day without warning. <laughs> And like, I, but it's it's actually been good training because I just I just started answering him and like he could get me. I, sometimes I look like a skeleton, like ghastly, horrible. But I've started just answering and trying to just make peace with my natural self. But um, it's he's the only one I'll pick up for. I do find it like I also don't enjoy Zoom dates. Like I, again, it goes back to the same Are thing. You Zoom dating? What is that like? Tell no, me. No, sorry. I mean dates. Sorry, I mean dates with friends. I would never have a romantic relationship. Whoa, just got very. <laughs> Biden. That's for a different podcast, my celibacy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, no, you can share anything here. Um, but no, Zoom dates with friends or otherwise. No, I just I find it really hard to commit to them, and I, I feel like yeah, I just don't hold. I just don't like giving it the same weight as I would an in-person hangout or or whatever. Like I have to really like. Okay. And Justin had to like check in with me a few times, I think, to make sure that I was even going to show up for this. <laughs> you would figure out how to log on. I love you dearly, but you just well, got a podcast and I'm aware of that. Just figured that out by the yeah. skin of my teeth. Yeah, it's true. 
<laughs> so why wouldn't you go on a Zoom date date? Well, I have a hard time going on any date in any capacity these days. Um, but to me, I just feel, I feel so self-conscious on camera. Um, and I think that like, I, that is very distracting and, um, yeah, I just, I feel like it's not the same as getting the vibes in person. Like it's just there, it just doesn't, doesn't measure up. Although I do know some people like my friend, Julia, who may or may not be watching, she met a guy on hinge during the pandemic and like, they've successfully been seeing each other for like quite some time. Adding each other to their bubbles. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Lovers <laughs> in a dangerous time. <laughs> exactly. Yells, would you do a Zoom date? Uh, I mean, let's not get into my personal <laughs> not, not your slew of men that you carry around. Yes, my slew of, <laughs> with all this time that I have. Um, <laughs> I... I, I do actually, I, I've been doing Zoom dates with one of my best friends from Vancouver, who uh, I'm, it's not, it also didn't really feel different or new or weird from her because that is sort of her style. So I think for me, uh, Megan, I feel very similar to you where when it comes to dating in general, and then to also put a year of uh, playing with Kaylee's mind as far as what is reality because everything's virtual now so nothing's real so everything is just a version of a version of a version it's all simulacra let's not go into metaphysical town right now but so obviously <laughs> it's a special person to want to date this but um, as far as actually connecting through visual mediums um, they're they're just I, I I think again like as an artist there's something uh, that that violates the romanticism and the beauty of what that kind of a connection is that I'm looking for when it comes to like dating. Uh, I I maybe I've watched too many movies, but I just want things to happen so organically, like the perfect meet cute in a movie in a rom com. And if I can't have that, I'm gonna be I'm gonna die alone with no cats to eat my bones afterwards. <laughs> I get that. I get that. <laughs> what are you, Justin? Have you been Zoom dating? Um, not really, but I totally would. I have no problem with it. Oh, well, then hop on it and let us live vicariously through you. <laughs> Please, yes. All right, let's bring it back to Megan. So back to what we were talking about. First of all, how did you get into the industry? Why do you do what you do? And do you love it? So I fell into it by accident, really. Um, after I, I graduated from university, I went to UVic on the West Coast, desperately wanted to come back to the East Coast, um, very much a Toronto girl, uh, not a BC girl <laughs> in any way. And yeah, didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself and got a job as an assistant at a talent agent and agency and had no real reference point. I always joke like, I thought it was going to be like entourage. <laughs> like that was the only out <laughs> of what an talent agency was. But um, yeah, I got thrown into it and ended up really loving the work, the clients, uh, and got lucky enough to be, you know, promoted through the ranks of uh, this company and learned everything I know sort of just uh, by doing. And uh, I do love it. It comes with its challenges for sure, but I can't picture myself doing anything else. And I feel like I got really lucky just sort of stumbling into this career that I didn't even know was a possibility. Like the funny thing about agenting is it's not, maybe there's now a program or two in a college somewhere, but it's not something that people go to school for. Like everyone comes at it from a different background and it's kind of interesting, like, yeah, who the competition is and how, what brought them into the biz. Well, tell us too a little bit about, cause when you, uh, when you left your old job and you came to your company now, you actually started the Toronto office, if I'm not mistaken, you were the first and only agent that they had. Was it in Canada? Uh, no, so it was a Vancouver-based company. Um, I started the Toronto division of yeah. this company. Yeah. What was that experience like? And I know at the time you were really stressed about making that change too. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about how that actually went down and how you coped with all that and how you became the boss ass woman you are today. Oh, stop. Um, yeah, it was it was a, uh, a scary change. I had been at the same company for a really long time and uh, needed to make a move. And, you know, I knew that it was the right decision, but I didn't know what the fallout might be. I didn't know. I was I was very scared. Um, you know, I was I was scared that, oh, what if my connections, um, you know, that I'd made over the years were only because of the company that I was at. And if I leave, they won't care about me or remember me or what, like there was a lot of fear, I think that um, followed me into it, but uh, that actually turned out not to be true. And I'm really proud of myself because uh, no, the connections that I made uh, were genuine. And I feel like I have a lot of trust and a lot of friends and a lot of camaraderie in the industry. It's a relatively small pool in Toronto and even in Canada, it's, you know, you sort of know the main players, if you will. But for me, yeah, it was the right move. And I, it was nice to sort of have some autonomy while also being supported by a company that was very well established in Canada. Um, and yeah, being able to sort of do my own thing in Toronto, but be a part of a bigger um organization that is run by women and it has really amazing clients and you know i have a great team here now in toronto and yeah how big lucky. is the team now we've just gotten lucky <laughs> when you first started though it was just you how big is the team now so it's my um assistant who's recently been promoted uh as well and then we have a ju this junior agent as well so physically in toronto there's three of us um and we're part of a bigger team. There's uh, seven, I think, agents in Vancouver, and we have two agents in Atlanta as well. So just got all of North America covered. <laughs> How did you build that team? Was it, uh, did you link up with a team that already existed in Vancouver and a team that already existed in uh, LA, or did you, or did you say, sorry, Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. So yeah, so the company existed already in Vancouver and Atlanta, and they brought me on to start the Toronto um, department. Okay, right. Yeah. So, but you wanted to make the jump from the original company that you were with. And so now, now that you are out and I guess working a little bit more entrepreneurially, what sort of benefits, what, what is the biggest benefit that you're experiencing with that kind of freedom? For me, it's, I think it was like, I don't know. I guess if you could compare it to a relationship, like a romantic relationship in a certain way, it's like sometimes you outgrow um, you outgrow things and sometimes you feel like things get stale. And for me, it's having the opportunity to learn um, after being at the same company for 10 years or so to learn uh, from some like three, there's three partners that run the company and they're really smart, savvy, interesting women that just have a different, similar, but just different approach to running a business, to operating in Canada and North America. And yeah, learning from different people and just sort of feeling as well, like I have a little more autonomy and a little bit more room to stretch my legs and make my own decisions while still being supported. Yeah, by an existing company. Like a lot of people are like, well, why, why didn't you just start your own agency? But for me, I'm very much a team player. I like to collaborate. I like I like to have that um, rapport with with people. So for me, yeah, opening my own agency just didn't appeal to me for a number of reasons. So well, yeah. I think you mentioned too that when you actually made the transition, you had a lot of anxiety about what would happen. What would this actually mean for you? you like you had the ten years plus of consistency at your old job. And you're basically turning your back and, and opening the door on the next thing. Like you don't know what's on the other side of that door. Uh, having having a little bit of that establishment, even though they weren't in Toronto, it was really good for you. And it really helped build you back up and create that confidence. Guys, we're going to be right back after this short break. Hi, I'm Melanie Dowling. And I'm Rachel Manson. We're two comics and self-professed witchcraft nerds, but don't worry, it's not like we're witches or anything. That we know of as yeah. of yet. Yes, we're thinking about it, we're dabbling. Maybe. <laughs> 
maybe thinking about calling ourselves witches. Um, so tune in to Tarts and Craft. We're going to be asking such questions as, oh, why a broomstick? And what's the deal with the moon? There's stuff going on with the moon, guys. Something's happening with the moon. So we're going to be asking some real life experts. We're going to be doing some cool interviews. And a lot of the episodes will just feature Melanie and I going through our Wikipedia research trying to figure out what is the truth. Mm-hmm. So this is a great podcast. Join us if you're an occult dabbler, a curious mortal, or if you've been following witch stuff on Instagram and you like it, but you're not quite sure why. Yeah, listen in wherever you get your podcasts or on the Sonar Network. And we're back. Yes. Like, there's no there's no question that it was the right move and it was one that I needed to make, for sure. But yeah, it, 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 came, it came with a lot of hardship as I think any big leap if you will does will but um but yeah no no regrets no looking back um and yeah I had a lot of a lot of my clients came with me and I've also signed a lot of really great new clients and it's like the perfect marriage of old and new I guess (laughs) And and yeah so we were about a year I think I was about a year or a year and a half into that and then the pandemic hit so it was kind of like a, again, like a, okay, oh, now wow. hurdle. It kind of worked for you though, because your office already worked remotely, right? Like you're yeah. already talking to the Vancouver team remotely. Like in terms of your workflow, you didn't have to do a massive overhaul. Like sure, you're not going into the office physically anymore. Um, so Stan, Stanley just came to join. He wanted to make an appearance. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> He likes to be a part of the action. Um, Did he just wake up? He looks like he just woke up. I don't know when he was up. He always kind of looks a bit, a bit startled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I just start a fire and kill my whole family? Like that. Oh, kind of oh my God. <laughs> Wait, so is the winning theory that Stanley killed his family? A lot of people have made that joke that he's the arsonist, especially because a couple of times already, like his tail, his tail's gone into a few candles where it's like really a bit dicey. <laughs> but yeah. no. Perfect angel. He was laughing about it, but if I have to hear about you going up in flames, I'm going to be so sad. Okay, I'm afraid of that for you. And even just about the story about the cat, I want to go back to your agency. I want to go back to the uh, fact that you have uh, arms into across the border as well. I am curious, and I'm assuming maybe this would be something that maybe our audience members would be curious about as well. There is a differentiation from the Canadian landscape to the across to the U.S. border, um, at least in regards to some of the meetings that I've been taking with, uh, particularly with writing agents, like now that I'm looking for representation for that side of my work, but it ended up also starting to pull in meetings with managers and Canada doesn't necessarily see a lot of teams around actors that have both agents and managers. Do you see, have you been involved in those relationships uh, or do you see some of that out of your Atlanta house? Yeah. So I guess there's a lot kind of to unpack in there. First of all, in Canada, it's true. Like there isn't the same distinction between agent and manager, but For some agents, I feel like they'll have a hundred hundreds of clients to themselves and operate like very much like a big agency. For me, for both companies that I've worked for, there is much more of a managerial style. So, you know, in general, like more of a boutique feel, curating your individual roster more, not having, you know, hundreds of people and sort of throwing them out there and seeing what sticks. It's more about Um, a a more thoughtful, hands-on approach. And that's always kind of been just my instinctive way of working. Um, That being said, you know, we, I can only really speak for my clients and I guess my company in in some ways, we have a lot of great agents and managers in the States who we work with, who are like-minded, who uh, we really trust, who sort of get the Canadian side of things and are very open to collaborating cross-border, especially because in the past, you know, five, six, seven years, like there's been more U.S. productions shooting in Canada than ever. So you kind of do have to work with people who are willing to operate as a team and not really sort of, you don't want to be fighting over that territory. You know, it's important Mm -hmm. to have people 
as well who like bring something to the table. Like sometimes I find there are actors who really want a manager or have a manager and you're kind of going, okay, well, who, what, what is the point? Like, is it just for your ego? Like, what are they bringing to the table here? And yeah. why are you wanting to pay this person commission if they're not actually generating appointments, you know, getting meetings, actually giving valid feedback, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, that being said, like there are a lot of people who I have, who I represent across North America. It's just me. There are a lot of people who have an agent. A lot of people have a manager. Some people have both. Um, so there's, we see all, all different kinds of permutations. Wait, so for the idiot in the room, AKA one, what is the difference between an agent and a manager? I mean, in very loose terms, cause I also will say the role of both in the States has kind of evolved. Like historically, I guess you could say, uh, an agent is responsible for getting auditions and like negotiating deals. Mm -hmm. Like in very simple terms for a manager might read the script decide why it's not right for a client or a manager might be picking up the phone to you know call their connections and sort of finesse the relationship to get somebody into the room or saying looking at the appointments that the agent is bringing and saying no we're going to pass on that one or like yes they should audition for this that that and that's just like loose terms yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that being said, we have a lot of managers who operate more like agents where they're really hustling, they're getting auditions, they understand a lot of what needs to happen for negotiating a deal and are really competent on that side. On the flip side, there are agents who I think sort of have more of a, who really have more of a hands-on approach, care about the client, understand the client's end game, and you maybe you don't need the manager. Like it's, I, I find realistically, you have to be at a pretty high level to need both. That being said, some people do and the teams really work. Sometimes you have somebody who's redundant. A lot of the time the Canadian agent gets considered the redundant one. <laughs> That's another hard thing too, but <laughs> it's, you know, but uh, again, it's different for everyone. It's, it's kind of case by case, what makes sense, I think. Have you ever wanted to work across the border? Are there anything draws for you? Or do you really like working in Toronto, in Canada? Yeah, that, well, that was a huge part of, like, when I was sort of at a crossroads in terms of, okay, what was, what's the next stage of my career going to look like? I sort of felt like I was spinning my wheels a little bit, maybe it hit a ceiling, not really sure what was next and feeling like, yeah, I needed a new challenge or I needed, like, something more. And of course, yeah, I definitely considered if LA or even New York made sense and was kind of pursuing that relatively actively <laughs> as it happens. Um, but in the end, I think serendipitously, this opportunity made sort of made a lot of sense for me and checked a lot of the boxes that I was missing. And the great thing is like, I, I love all of my contacts in the States and I, I'm always looking to strengthen and develop new contacts there. And I'm happy to keep doing that rather than like dive into the pool and compete as like the new girl, <laughs> if yeah. you will. Um, but for me, yeah, I think for me, it's like, I, I always like, I, I don't, you know, I'm not happy just having my clients on the Murdoch mysteries, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really amazing projects that we just don't get in Canada. And like, I want uh, my clients to be a part of that. So whether it's me getting that for them, from here or me like being there, that's just, uh, you know, a goal of mine. And right now I'm, I'm lucky enough that I can do that from here. And hopefully when things open up again, like I would love to be able to, you know, take a month and work from LA or work from New York and sort of, you know, net network actually in person again and do that um, as part, a, a part of my like yearly duties, I guess. Um, but yeah, for now I'm like super grateful that it worked out and that I'm here and that I have, have an amazing team and amazing clients. And yeah, the, the whole year I've just been like feeling very grateful <laughs> for the way everything's worked out. So for everyone joining us, um, just again, background, Megan is like insanely good at networking, like insanely good. And that's actually how the two of us met. Well, kind of because you're so good at networking. Come on. By networking, you mean, two people both fighting over the same 
candy while there's a speech happening in the background. We're like trying, weren't we trying to like fill our little bags and that's how we oh, became friends? That is a meet cute. That's how people are supposed to meet. <laughs> like, well, what I was going to We're definitely you, kindred spirits. If you could boil down, like if you could create Megan's top three tips to networking, what would they be? Um, steal the role of drink tickets without apologizing. <laughs> Justin, looking at you, got in a bit of trouble for that one, but made no apology, got away with it. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, no, I, I hate, like I think I said this earlier, but I hate networking when it's like, when you want something from someone. For me, it's like, it has to feel like you're interested in the people that you're meeting and that you're interested in developing a relationship without like a, what can I get from this? Like, I feel like a lot of people go into networking being like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm going to like pass out my business card and like get something for me. It's more about like long building long-term relationships, whether that's happens. Yeah. At the bar over candy <laughs> um, or just like, yeah, through years of sort of working together and building like a natural rapport, I guess. Yeah, though that's the kind of networking I like to do. You're out for friends, you're not out for business. Yeah, and like, exactly. And it, ideally, there's a nice marriage of the two. And, and I feel like that's, that to me makes the job worthwhile, you know, because otherwise, you're just like, dealing with actors all day. <laughs> okay, now, on the, in the reverse or the inverse to that, uh, because there can be blurred boundaries, especially when you're marrying, you know, working with friends together. What would be your top three tips for ensuring you have proper boundaries set in place so that the lines don't get blurred too much? In terms of like friends and business? Yeah, so much of, I mean, I, I operate the same way. I want to work with friends, but, uh, I, I think it's kind of common probably in any industry that, you know, we all have to have our own safeguards or boundaries at least so that, I don't know, we're not double dipping with everything. <laughs> that, that is like a really tricky one. And I don't know if I have like all of the answers because I do think that like, yeah, the way that I naturally, naturally like to work is, is through building a friendship. But that being said, you can never, take that for granted or like even yeah even with let's say the clients that i have who i have grown to like love to care about where we have like a texting relationship where we're like we there's like a serious trust and love like i always have to remember like okay but i'm still their agent and they're still like an actor so it's like you just always have to kind of remember that and like, I don't know, try not to puke in front of them at a party or something. <laughs> <laughs> at the very least, at the bare minimum. Um, and I think also though, yeah, be, you just have to know for myself, like even with those, there are certain people too, where it's like, maybe they haven't like earned that privilege of the texting nonstop. Sometimes people will text me at what I consider to be like inappropriate hours or even on the weekend and like I won't respond or I'll respond by email to try and like give them the hint. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you texted me, but I'm responding by email, like wink, wink, this should have been an email. I try to train people a little bit that way. Um, uh, that being said, I like, I like to be approachable and I, so there are sometimes when I need to be available on the weekend or after hours. But again, it's like, you need to, I think also ask yourself, you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes. Like if I were them, would I appreciate this? Or if I would them, if I were them, would I think that was, would that be okay? Um, yeah. It's like human decency. <laughs> well, I mean, you say it's decency, but uh, it's astonishing how, how often I see quite the opposite from some people where, and maybe I was, I was raised by a military man who unfortunately, like if friends called and the first thing that came out of their mouth on the phone was, hi, is Kaylee there? He would not allow them to speak to me until they properly understood and were like trained into saying, hello, Mr. Legrand, how are you? It's so-and-so speaking. And like, it, it was just, 
that has been ingrained in me. And so I think it stands out so much more when I meet somebody who doesn't have the same sort of sensibilities that you're talking about that does seem so commonplace for someone like you, someone like us, I'm assuming. Um, and it's funny how much it still exists with people even just sending random messages saying, hey, you know, heard you speak in a clubhouse room. Can we follow each other on here? Can we follow each other on Instagram? Can we follow each other? It's like, who are you? I don't yeah. understand this exchange. Just yeah, it's true. Well, there's, there are always going to be those people and you kind of have to try and weed them out or like at the very least, hopefully they're not the ones who I already represent because oh. I, I try to like, you know, keep it to a certain caliber or like, yeah, or they'll very quickly catch on, you know? <laughs> like, touching on two kills is like, it's an industry of blurred lines, unfortunately. It's an industry of illusion. And so you get into this weird space where like, yeah, as you were talking about Meigs, it is a tight knit community of agents and casting directors. And like, it's a small pond. The world is big, but you still know a lot of people in it. Like it adds up really quickly. And, and I think it gets into this really weird place of like having this pressure to constantly feel like someone's friend when you may only be a business colleague, right? Yeah, it's true, it's true. But also, yeah, you kind of have to, yeah, there's a give and a take and I think you have to like trust your instincts or even if you're, if you're not sure, address it like, okay, you're not sure. That being said, a casting director called me on Sunday because he thought a note that I had made on a submission was like so funny that he just like had to call me and like laugh about it. But like he's an amazing casting director and like I will never not take his call. And I was just like so happy that he thought I was funny. I was like, of course I'm gonna take this call. Granted, yeah, it was my Sunday, but like it, it you know, those are the kind of things I'm like, I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Those are definitely the boosts and the boosts for the confidence. I've uh, definitely been feeling, I think that that's the part that has me giving up my rest, my, my personal time and my sleep time is when I, because we've moved into this virtual world, we have so many more opportunities to hop on a Zoom call with people or, or to get those messages from people that we never would have before. At least that's been my experience. And so I think I've been uh, such an excited little puppy when it comes to that, that I'm like, yes, 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 yes to all of that. Because especially if they're going to laugh at my jokes, I want all of that. I want to eat all of that up rather than having sleep. I get that. I'm not an actor, but I like that validation also. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's still very clear that uh, actors still sit up here on that level of how much we want that validation. <laughs> Yeah. Justin, you're going to be back into acting, aren't you? Pardon? You're going to get back into acting, aren't you? Maybe eventually. I don't know. You, didn't tell I mean, me that. I mean, you know this. I'm so. I want you to get into casting. Yeah, and now you're trying to get me into casting too. I love it, guys. I'll do it all. <laughs> We're just trying to get him to do everything. <laughs> I will literally do it all. <laughs> I have no life. It's pandemic. What are you? What are you talking about? I'll learn all the new things. Did Justin ask you about the two truths in a lie game? Yeah. Do I I don't have any Justin, do you have that? No, Means got Means came up with her own. We were texting frantically about it because she didn't know how to make up truths or lies. <laughs> I don't know. It was just it was like there's it was too hard to choose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that's more interesting. <laughs> it was too hard to choose. Let's right. do that. Let's play. I want to hear these. Shit. Okay. So I have to say them, right, Justin? I forget, <laughs> I forget what they are now. Are you serious? Well, I forget what the lie was. <laughs> They're all true. Okay. Hang on. Now I feel put on the spot. <laughs> well, Justin, you read them. You were texting them. Justin, you were read them out loud. Put Justin on the spot. Yeah, Justin, do you have them? I forget what we decided on. Give me two seconds. You were super confident about this, so I thought you would come to this section ready. No, but I blanked. I thought, I was like, oh my God, it's been an hour. Like, I'm going to be exempt from the two truths and the lie. Okay, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're not going to be exempt. Come on. <laughs> He said it was a casual thing and I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> you can. You could walk away from everything if you wanted. <laughs> the 
Okay, so hilariously, it's not coming up on my computer, but it's definitely on my phone. Sorry, guys, technical difficulty. Well, it's like, I remember the truth, but I can't remember the line. It's like, you need to be able to deliver them all equally confidently, or it's just pointless. I love how that you is, that. That is true. When you were saying that you, or I think it was Justin who was saying that you couldn't figure out, maybe, I don't remember now at this point, I am lying. I am lying about everything. Uh, when you were saying that you couldn't, it was too hard to figure out what was true and what was a lie. I thought we were going back into like, what is reality again? And I'm like, I feel it. I definitely feel it. Cause I feel like I'm not in a real world. Guys, you know, why I can't find it. And this goes back to like weird 2020 things that I didn't do before. I guess technically it's 2021 now. It was a voice note. We were texting over voice note. Yeah. Why do people love to give voice notes? Because we want to hear people's voices. It's been a year since we've had contact. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it was a voice note. Damn it. It's it gone. That's right. Why don't you transcribe it into handwritten scrolls and send it to me via pigeon carrier? Oh, it's gone now. It didn't save, though. That's the thing about voice notes, guys. They're uh -huh. Oh, see, I don't really even know how to. If you don't, if you can't come up with a lie, me. Yeah, let's it. skip it. The whole that whole game was a lie. Yeah, this was a waste of airtime. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> Megan's calling. Wait, wait, okay, wait. Um, real. Nobody listens till the very end. Like okay, here, just yeah. 50, no, we can say toss. all of the truths now. Fifty-fifty coin toss, guys. Okay. Megan is drinking wine out of her mug. Yes or no? That's the game. Oh, um, I pray it's a yes. And that we can all agree that vodka and lemons is okay for <laughs> podcast episodes. Just kidding. All right. The moment of truth means, is it wine or not? It's wine. It's definitely yes. Why do you put it in a wine glass? I told you you could drink. I know. I, I felt like, oh, what if there's children watching? I don't know. <laughs> I love so, it. The children so have had. <laughs> you're so considerate, Megan. Even when you're like a mug no, full of water. I'm to cover my own ass. I'm not considerate. I'm just like, I don't want to get it. <laughs> you can't prove it. I can say it, but you can't prove it. There's no, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Even though you also just voiced it, there are technologies that would allow us to doctor your voice so you can you can claim that too. It could just be water and I'm trying to act cool. Perfect. That is true. I love it. Okay, so one cool thing. Let's go on to one cool thing, guys. <sighs> okay who's going first you go first Kales. oh man i always go first okay also love that i said that as you were drinking like you shouldn't have been my first choice because you literally <laughs> literally me trying to like get out of it but you're like mm, do it ventriloquist style while you're drinking <laughs> if you want to get signed on by meads you're gonna have to do it I'm pulling out all the stops, just looking for my name and lights. <laughs> I do have a one cool thing. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if I should, like if there are kids listening, uh, this don't do this, just don't. Um, so I have a bunch of essential oils at home from Sage. Like I love where this story is going already. <laughs> uh, I feel like Justin, you turned me onto them when I was at your place. <laughs> Before, pre, pre, in the pre crazy. What's that? My mom is crazy. She literally has a bookshelf full of essential oils. Yeah. And when I went home, I'm like, mom, why don't you have a bookshelf full of essential oils? So I took my mom to go, especially once the pandemic hit, we bought, um, I bought an additional one. My mom bought two new ones, uh, the infusers, and we bought a bunch of essential oils that are supposed to be air purifying. We bought like an immune one and um, one that's called Rainforest, which has been so, so calming at night. Like it's the only thing that actually does, I think, keep me asleep for a little bit. And I, I've started to recognize that I'm now waking up as soon as it finishes because it only lasts for a couple of hours. And I don't know why my sleep has been off. I mean, that's another episode. We'll talk about dreams. You do know it's because you drink too much coffee. Look, that's not always true. I have a couple of mugs by my bedside, but I don't drink them while I'm sleeping. So I don't see your point. Um, <laughs> but what I don't recommend to kids uh, to do 
This is the most exciting part of the journey that once I started getting into essential oils, uh, first time I went shopping with Tanya, old co-host from from here, she, so shout out to anybody who remembers her. <laughs> that was rude. I'm sorry, Tanya. We all remember you. <laughs> but Tanya and I went shopping. Hi, for, Tanya. Um, <laughs> poor, she's fine. She's in, I forget what island. She's, um, she's fine. She's on like some sunny island this week, this past weekend or week. But she's great. Um, we had the most interesting chat with the salesperson who really, really ramped up the Clary Sage and sold it so hard that I ended up buying like three bottles because she's like, look, um, I shouldn't tell you this and don't tell my boss that I'm telling you this, but some people put this Clary Sage essential oil under their tongue before they go to bed. And I'm not saying it's like a psychedelic, but sometimes the dreams that you have afterwards, again, can't really finish. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like... (laughs) Of course, I buy three bottles. And she's like, I'm also not supposed to tell you that it is actually something that you should ingest because technically, probably not good for your immune system. Like, I don't care. I will drink this tiny bottle of Clary Sage. It does get you a little buzzed. Stop. Really? Oh <laughs> I, I feel that about melatonin. I take a lot of men- melatonin um, to help with sleep. And I feel like I have freaky ass dreams. Guys, this is <laughs> of telling kids or telling people, not kids. I don't know why we're talking about kids so much. This is the equivalent of telling people to drink mouthwash to get drunk. <laughs> right now. Well, someone's got to be president. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I mean, that. I feel like my cool thing is so much less cool. I was like, guys, I've really rediscovered the Toronto Public Library. <laughs> oh, cool thing. That is cool. But they have they have incredible resources. Like you can watch movies on there as well now. And you can rent oh, books digitally. The library, I've actually, yeah, I didn't, it took me a long time to like read a book. So during the pandemic, everyone was like, oh, I'm baking bread, I'm reading. It took, I, I like wasn't in that first wave of people. But uh, the library has been great. And also this app called Libby, which connects to any, you know about Libby, you're nodding, Justin? I do. Yeah, it's the best. You can get audiobooks, you can um, like borrow digital books, and it's just so much better than even having to go to the library while still accessing the library. Your cool thing is that you love the library, but you love it because you don't have to go to the library. Exactly. That's that's a huge part of it. I also, um, the crazy thing about the library right now is there's no fines for having late books so i've literally had a book that by the way i lost and i had to say to them like just asking for a friend like what are the consequences of the book do you have to just pay to like replace the book or like are you like you know punished anyhow in the end because of stanley he knocked something behind my dresser and i was like oh stanley you're so annoying but then i found that book which I still haven't read, but now I'm like, I can read it because I know where it is. And it's like, the story was in end of fire. <laughs> what happens if you lose a Toronto Public Library book? They, I, they said, they're like, it depends. I think you just really have to pay the value of the book so they can have the book. But what are they going to do if you don't? What, like, mistakes. But I, I was having a lot of guilt and anxiety over it. <laughs> who's going to come after you? Now I'm just picturing like a little old librarian knocking on people's doors, being like, "Where's your book?" No, no, but like, that's, like no fines. Like, why do you even? How do they even exist? I, I don't know. If she shows up at your door, just give her a little bottle of Clary Sage. Tell her to put some under her tongue and have some and she'll have all the books she could ever want for. Oh, and more. <laughs> Uh, on that note, um, my one cool thing is going to be that I made dumplings from scratch tonight, and that is my cool thing. And everyone should make dumplings because they're super easy and way too delicious. Wait, what about your puppy? Is that not a cool thing, or has that already been covered in a previous episode? Uh, my puppy was covered in a previous episode, but there will be follow-up footage after April 8th of Set Puppy because we are very excited for Set Puppy. His name is Aspen. And he's really cute. His name oh, is so Aspen. You go with Aspen. Yeah, we're going with Aspen. Very cute. Uh, sounds, like Aspen. sounds like the name of an essential oil, kind of. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's a tree, so it could be an essential oil. It's like a birch tree. Yeah. 
I told I you I'm moving, right, Justin? Yeah, you are moving. That's exciting. Yeah. Where are you moving to? Just down the street. <laughs> oh are you staying on the exact same street? Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Wait, so why are you moving? In the pandemic? How does that work? Well, because I didn't have anywhere to spend my money. I just like have all this money to pay on more rent, I guess. I don't know. And it's like a nicer place. Yeah, excellent. Your place is already huge though. Yeah, it's a similar size. Don't worry. It's I'm not downsizing too much, but it's just like it's for a woman. I feel like my place now is for a girl, a student, a girl, but now I'm a woman. Excellent. Yeah. I thought you were gonna break into Britney Spears too. Oh, if I could sing, I would be. <laughs> we should I, I still am Jordan out there, Pablo, turn this into a karaoke platform. <laughs> oh, dead. All righty. And on that note, I think that brings us to an hour. Guys, this is Great. the end of our episode. Thank you so yeah. much. For me. Thank Thanks. you. It was so nice to meet you. Hopefully someday in person. I'm sure of it. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. What do I do now? Just wait and you turn me off? You yeah. go back to your wine in your mug, and I'm going to go to my vodka, and yeah, you can close your... Happy Tuesday. Remember, guys, if you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your episodes, you can also send us voice notes at anchor.fm um, anchor slash WTNOK, and you can check out our socials, which are the same thing, WTNOK. Um, Kills, do you want to plug your socials? Do you have anything to say before we say goodbye? Dance the night away. Drink Clary Sage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Bye. If you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a rating or review, which sincerely helps us and we absolutely love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay, but that's okay. <laughs>